Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. If you have your Bible, turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter 3, verse 1. I want to give you a word that God has placed on my heart and that God has, uh, has been just infilling. And, and I thank the Lord to be here. And so um, I'm from San Jose. This is my hometown. I'm from the east side. I remember how it was, a king and story back in the day, and, uh, and uh, shoot, it, you know, my parents still live off a of king and story right behind Tropicana, they're still there, and uh, they retired recently, and uh, now they built a house in Mexico, and, and now they're there sometimes, I'm, whatever, they said when they die, they want to leave me the house, I'm like, nah, <laughs> don't want it, don't want to go, I like America, just saying, I like flushing, I like flushing the toilet. I like turning on the water and drinking from it. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, can I be real with you? When, when, God told me to run, when God told me to go around the world, I said no. I'm be real with you. I said, uh-uh. People want to kill me. Terrorists and stuff. American. Nah. Then my mom told me one day, you're not that important. <laughs> thank God for mamas telling the truth. I thank God for parents. I, I grew up with something called the chancla. God bless you moms. God, my mom could be cooking, talking on the phone, and throwing that chancla from the kitchen. Can I tell you, my, in my room while it was locked, it, that, that thing got in. That thing got in, church. I don't understand. My dad was the first Indiana Jones with his cinto. You know what I'm saying? That bad boy could come out. Whoosh, I mean, it was just, let's be real. I, my, my dad, he never read scripture. Even though, I mean, you know, he's saved. I tell my dad all the time, am I being recorded? I don't care. I tell my dad all the time. I tell my dad all the time that when he gets to heaven, he's going to be smoldering because he just made it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just, just made it. But my dad, he never read scripture growing up. And, and, and he would, I say, Dad, you know, you're always whipping me. What's going on? And the, he would always say, like, spare the rod, spoil the child. Because he would say that. And I'm like, Dad, one time after he whooped me, I said, don't you know any other scripture? He goes, he went like this. Hmm. Oh, I do. He says, if you spare the rod as a child, he will be your disgrace in your old age. And he looked at me and says, you'll never be my disgrace. And I said, yes, sir. And uh, I thank God for my dad that he uh, didn't count to three. He just whooped on. He said, now. <laughs> Let's just be real, right? I mean, there was no counting to three. You know, it was like, come here now. Yes, sir. My dad had a whistle uh, in the neighborhood. Uh, you know, there are times that, that uh, you know, the, he would whistle. And depending on his whistle pitch, I knew what was going to happen to me. And, it, you know, it was like, come home. You're going to get whooped on. Didn't I tell you? Don't embarrass me. And so those are the rules that I had lived by. In church, I'll never forget that. Uh, at church, we used, back in the day, back in those Pentecostal tent revivals uh, th- stuff, a preacher used me one day as a, to do some stuff, and my dad whistled because I didn't want to go. I was eight years old when the preacher called me. Well, at eight years old, you don't want to be in front of people. I didn't. And, and I was kind of like, you, young man, come here. And I was like, uh-uh. My dad whistled from the back of the church. And I went, yes, sir, let's do this. It's just, It's just... I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. And I thank God for my parents. I was raised in a Christian home. At the age of 14, my grandma died and I backslid. And four years later, I came to know the Lord once again. I was part of the Church of God movement and then went over to the Sundays of God. And now I'm a minister. I never thought that God would use me when I said yes to him. Can I tell you, church, don't count yourself out. If you think you're not good enough, you're not God. God can use you. Masters, don't, don't think you all Listen. God, God is in a formative years. That what foundation you laid today, right now, God could build upon and do something great in your life. So don't take these nine months. 
Don't take these nine months lightly. Let, I mean, I'm telling you, let God speak to your life. Can I tell you? Um, I ran a master's commission for 10 years, and, 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 and there were some great kids doing some great things. And you could tell when they, they were serious about laying a foundation. Those are the ones that are doing mighty things. And then, those are, then there's some that are just, just living life. They wasted their money. So um, I'm telling you, don't, you know. Don't do that. You will put in, you will get what you put in. So it, I wish I could give you a pill that you could take and you're like, oh, there's super Jesus. But no, it's, it's, not, it's on you. And so see, God bless you, Mija, because um, it, it's, it's tough. Amen. So anyways, word of God. Are you ready? Acts chapter 3, verse 1. The word of God reads like this. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple to, at a time of prayer <clears throat> at the 3 in the afternoon. Now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put in the courts when he saw... Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at them, uh, as, as did John. Peter said, look at us. So the man gave him his attention, expecting to get something from them. And verse 6, then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, arise and walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles were healed and became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. God bless his word this morning. As I was telling you, I'm from the east side, and, and I used to go to Ocala. That was my school. I was supposed to go to Fisher, but my mom thought there was a bunch of gangbangers there, so I'm going to send you to Ocala. Not, my mom not knowing there was actually more gangbangers in Ocala than there was at Fisher, but whatever. And, I, and it, Ocala was that place of, of the formative years. There was a time that I was, it was discovering who I was. And can I tell you, church, I went to a very tiny church where me and my sister were the only youth in the youth group. So it was very tough for me to be in church. Uh, it was all completely in Spanish. And, and, and by that time, I understood it, but I didn't want to get church in Spanish. It was all over my head. The pastor would use words that were very theological and way over my head. And I, and I would think, like, what am I getting from this? And, and I, there, there came a time in my life where God was in a relationship. It was just something that I did. It was just something that I went. I, I wouldn't get anything when I would go to church. It, it was one of those things where I would just do on Sunday because my mom made me go. As long as we were in time to watch the football game, I was okay. As long as we were in time to, to play in the neighborhood, I was fine. I'll go to church. But I didn't get anything from it. And, and I believe with all my heart there, there needs to be a time. There needs to be a, a place. And I know with all my heart that, that God wants to take us from knowing him or, or getting to know of him than to getting to know him. There's a place of, there, you have to go from hearing of him and knowing of God and being inside of God or God being inside of you. But God is, God is chasing you. God, God wants more. Listen, God doesn't want to change you. Listen, don't, don't, don't get stuck on that. God doesn't want to change you. He wants to be inside of you. Do you get that? There's a difference between that. That God doesn't want to change you. God, God made you perfect. God didn't make a mistake. The character and, and your ideas and who you are and the way you dress and on and on, it's who you are. And God doesn't want to change that. God wants to be inside of you to use you. And through you, God, you could change the world. I believe that with all my heart that you don't have to look a certain way, act a certain way. It, it, it's funny because now I'm, I've been in ministry for quite a bit of years. It's funny when I look at the younger folks, at, at the younger worship leaders and, and the, the younger pastors. You don't want to see this in skinny jeans, okay? You, you don't. You don't want to see this in skinny jeans. You get what I'm saying? I'm not going to get the hair that kind of goes over and covers. It's not... It's not me. It's not who I am. I've had this haircut for the last 20 years. I'm not going to change it. Why? Because I, I, God made me like me. I am not the hippest dude out there. I'm really not. I'm not cool anymore. 
Thanks, Riz. Thanks for, thanks for clapping, honey. I appreciate that. God bless you. Thank you. are like, yeah, messed up. That's cool. That's cool. Very secure in who I am. I thank God I matched today, kind of, sort of, you know, blue top, black, boom, I'm good. I, I, try, you, I can't be something that I'm not. And, and we need to stop mimicking the world, and we need to start being who we are, who God called us to be. Can I tell you, church, God has not called us to be, the te- to, be a th- uh, to be a thermostat or to be a temperature gauge. What is that called? Tell me. Uh, th- thermometer. God has not called us to be a thermometer. God has called us to be a thermostat. God has called us to change the, the atmosphere of any room that we walk into. God has called us to, to bring order into chaos or bring chaos into order. God has called us to go into sadness and bring joy. God has called us to go walk into weakness and bring power. God is what God has called us to do. God has called us to change the world. God has called us to change the world. I went to Bible school in 1995. That's when I went to Bible school. I, was, I, I had no idea what to do in my life. My career in baseball was over at that time. My pastor looked at me and says, well, you thought of Bible school? And I thought, what's the Bible school? And, he, and he's like, that's where preachers go to get ready for ministry. I'm like, shoot, I could do that. So I didn't know of any colleges out there. I didn't know about Bethany or Vanguard or any of those colleges. He says, why don't you go to LEBI? And I'm like, what's an LEBI? He's at the Bible school in Los Angeles. I said, well, let's rock and roll. Let's do this. I thank God I was there. I hated my, mo- my times there. You're going to hate your moments here in Master's Commission. But I thank God for my LDBI experiences because, number one, I got, I got educated and I got trained in, for ministry, and I found my wife. Yeah. And she fell in love with me. She asked me to marry her, and I said, psh, psh, all right. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I chased her. I'll never forget one time praying for her at the altar. I was like, God, please. If it is your will, God. Your will. My life. Always want to make sure she knows praying. Will. So I asked. She said yes. And all right. Here we are. But in Bible school, I'll never forget one chapel. A preacher was up there preaching, and I was, I was about 21 years old. I was so excited. I was going to win the world, and, and I was just going to, I had this fire for God. I couldn't wait to graduate because I was going to save the world. I was out there. My ministry was going to be thousands. I was going to preach everywhere. I was going to speak in, in stadiums, and I was going to lay, lay hands on people. People were going to be made well, and on and on and on. And the preacher got up there in my 21, uh, when I was 21, and he goes, none of you in here will change the world. And I looked at him like, what? He says, none of, listen to me very carefully. None of you will change the world. You don't have it in you. And I'm thinking the whole time, who's this dude? <laughs> oh, you're at the wrong place, I'm thinking. And I'm thinking, like, this dude's, like, messing around. Like, maybe it's a, like a double psychology or what's that called? That double mind, you know, that double talking and, you know, he was serious. And, and the whole time I'm sitting in chapel. Now, I went from, like, holding hands with my wife to, like, What? And I was angry. I was like, no, this guy don't know me. You don't know my testimony. You don't know where I've been. I'm going to change the world. He's like, none of you. For about 10 minutes, that's all he kept saying. Well, change the world. And I, so by the time all of us were now angry, we're sitting there like, what kind of chapel is this? Then he turned around and says, but all of you could change your world. And I thought, oh. <laughs> can I tell you, church, you won't change the world, but you could change your world. Do you understand that? You could change your world. 
You can change the world that you live in because we are the thermostat so we can actually make a change in the world. We, you may not speak to thousands, but you can speak to one. You can speak to one, and that one person could change his life, her life, and it would change forever. Forever. I guarantee you that. Can I tell you that when Peter and John were going to go pray, what they always did, they didn't encounter a crowd. They encountered one man. One man who was crippled, one man who had no hope, one man who had, had nothing, who had no, no prosperity in his life, no future in his life other than to beg. And on that day, his life changed forever. Can I tell you, church, that it just takes one word from one person to make a change that will change the rest of their lives. And God has called us to do that. And can I tell you, it is not about you, it is about the person that is next to you. It is not about what you feel, but it's what you can do. It's not about what you feel at that very moment, but it's what God expects from you. Can I tell you, when God shines through you, even when you don't know, people will know you're different. People will just know. There'll be something about you that they can't understand. There'll be something about your walk, something about your talk. There's something about who you are that they're trying to figure out, and they're trying to see what angle are you coming from. But when you show who God is through your life, that's when God is glorified. Can I tell you, God is not looking to change you. He's not looking to change you. He's looking to use you. Because when God's inside of you, he oozes out of you. It becomes who you are. It becomes who you, your character. I am not that person that's cool. I tell people all the time when they call me, can you come speak at a youth event? I'm like, I'm 41 years old. I'm old. They're like, but you're still cool. I don't even know what that means. But I believe with all my heart, I've been able to shine the glory of God upon people. I want people to know. I want people to look at me and think, who are you? And can I tell you, church, because I know who I am, I don't walk with my head down. I don't walk around with insecurities because I know who God is. I know who God is. He is my Abba Father, and I'm his child. And when I need something, he's going to come through. I just know that. I can take it to the bank. I know that God is going to see me through my storm, my situation, my circumstance. I have confidence. Can I tell you, church, I lost my job. I got laid off two months ago. Can I tell you, I've had more peace in my heart today than I've ever had in my whole entire life. Because God says, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to take care. Can I tell you, church, I'm, this is me testifying now. Can I tell you, I knew I was getting laid off or fired or whatever you want to call it. I knew I was going to get fired before they even called me. God gave me a dream. God can speak to you in dreams. God gave me a dream, and I was on this poster, this big old, big old poster, and I was on my way to present the ministry that, that I was working for, and I'll never forget this one dude was taking it down, and I couldn't see his face, but I saw his back, and I'm thinking, what's that dude doing? And I walked, and I said, excuse me, sir, trying to be Jesus, right? She's trying to be Jesus and reflect Jesus. Excuse me, sir, what are you doing? He says, oh, we're moving you. I'm like, where are you moving me? I'm supposed to be here. He said, no, we're moving you. And he grabbed that the information, the card, out of my hand and says, we're going to move you, but you're going to be okay. And the, that man walked away. And I'm looking at the guy like, what am I supposed to do now? I'm thinking in this dream, what am I supposed to do now? And he said, and remember this guy looking back at me, he said, don't worry about it, we're going to take care of it. And then he walked away. I woke up, it was a Friday, I woke up and I thought to myself, I guess I'm done. Called my wife because I was in Texas speaking at a conference. Hey, honey, I think I'm getting fired. She's like, what? I said, I think so, babe. But God's already preparing me, so I'm, we're good. <laughs> Hung up the phone. I must have freaked her out because she was like, what, 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 what do you mean? What do you, have you heard something? What's going on? You know, Women, God bless you. You're always asking questions. <laughs> my wife gets mad when someone gives birth. The baby's here. A boy or a girl? How much did he weigh? What's the baby's name? I said he was born. He's good. You guys ask questions all the time. God bless you. Don't get mad at us. Don't get mad. Just love on us. Appreciate who we are. 
appreciate the creation God has built for you. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. No, get the recording. Play it for her every day. Look at that, babe. Look what Pastor Chubb said. So I hung up the phone, and I was like, I'm done. I, I preached what I preached. I went home. Monday morning, I got a call from my work. Ring, ring, ring. Unexpected call. How many of y'all know when you get an unexpected call? You're like, <laughs> okay. I go, hey, boss. Blah, blah, blah. I go, dude, are you calling to fire me? Silence. He was like, uh. I said, bro, go ahead. God already told me. And can I tell you, church, he went ahead and fired me or laid me off or whatever you want to call it. Can I tell you, but I have such a peace of God because I know who I am. And I am in the perfect will of God right now in my life. I may not know the direction. I may not know what I'm supposed to do. But I know I'm supposed to be here right now. And I trust God. I trust him with, all, with everything I have. So I just keep on keeping on. Can I, can I just keep on keeping on? So here we are. We, find, we see Peter and, and Peter and John. This is after Pentecost and the spirit of God. And, and this is after Peter had denied him, denied Jesus three times. This is after uh, Jesus had told Peter, you're not, you were Simon, but now you're not Peter. You were a reed, but now you're a rock. And upon this church, I will build, and I will build my church on this rock, and the gates of hell will not prevail. This is after he denied him three times, went to go back fish to go fish. The Bible says he went back to what he knew he could do well. Can I tell you, church, God has not called you to go back to what you used to do. If God's called you out, he's called you out for a reason to go do something better. Can I tell you, stop, stop dreaming about the, the, later, the latter years. Start, let's start tr- dreaming about what's to come. Stop looking back and let's look forward. Can I tell you, when God's called you out, yeah, you go ahead. Have your morning time. Have your missing time. But God has not called you back. Let's keep on keeping on. So after he went fishing, we all know the story. He caught nothing. Jesus stood on the shore of his life, called out to him, and he says, have you caught any fish? Can you imagine the anger that Peter must have felt? Can you imagine the disappointment and the frustration that Peter must have felt when he thought, I can't even do this. I've tried the discipleship for three years, and I failed on that. I, I tried this fishing thing, and I've done that. Can you imagine how this, the despair he must have felt? And then when Jesus said, hey, throw your nets on the other side, he did that and called all the fish. Isn't that amazing how God will call you back because he has a purpose for your life? Can I tell you, church, God will put you in a holding pattern. He will put you in a holding pattern, allow you to get frustrated and angry and, and just, just ugh. can you imagine? If you're feeling frustrated today, it is not God's fault. Can I just be real? I'm going home today so I can say that. It is not God's fault. If you're frustrated this morning, maybe it's not God. Maybe it's you. Maybe you do some introspection on your life. Maybe you need to tweak some things. Listen, I'm telling you, God doesn't want to change you, but he, he wants to move you in some kind of direction. And he can't use you. With, oh, here we go. He can't use you with the mindset that you have right now. You can't take that baggage into your future. You got to leave it right here. You you can't take that mentality with you, that attitude with you. You can't take that character with you. You can't take that sin with you. And there is a due date on that, and it is today. Uh, Because I believe that God's about to launch some of you into some of the greatest seasons you've ever had in your whole entire life. I believe that with all my heart. I do believe that. I believe this, and I declare that over the church today. For those of you that have been planting and sowing for, all, for a very long time, and you may be feeling frustrated because you haven't seen any produce from your harvest, I believe with all my heart, and I speak that into your life today, that your season of harvest is coming, and it's, and it's now here. I believe that. I believe that with all my heart. I really do. So here we find Peter and John, and they're going to go pray, and, and they, they encounter this crippled guy. And can I tell you, it's not the first time that they had seen this crippled guy. Can you tell you, back in those days, they didn't have a welfare system like we do today. They didn't, the brother didn't get a check. 
The brother didn't get any kind of assistance. He didn't get a dental plan or, or Medicaid or all that good stuff. He just didn't. The only thing that the cities would do would give them a mat and a, and a cover, and they were forced to beg. And many times they were abused by their families because they knew beggars would get a lot, a lot more money than typical people would, than the regular poor. So it wasn't, wasn't new for Peter and John to see this guy there. They would, it, was, it was a constant thing. They were always going to go pray. It was just one of those things that they just saw. But on this day, Peter and John saw him. For whatever reason, on that day, God removed the blinders that they had for going in to pray. And God removed those and they saw the world around. Can I tell you, sometimes we can get so focused on what we're doing for God that we miss on what God wants to do for the world. We can get so focused in our ministries that we tend to forget about the world and those hurting that are around us. And we have to enlarge our territory, if you will, and look at the need that God wants, that God wants you to fulfill for him. And on this day, the Bible says that he was on his way to go and beg. Can I tell you, church, I've been, I've been to Israel. God has given me the, the, the privilege and the honor to go. And I didn't want to go at first. You know, but when John Hagee calls you, you better go. Well, he didn't call me, but his office did. Anyways, whatever. And, and, so, and so, yeah, I like to say that well, when John Hagee calls, you got to go. I leave out the part that he actually didn't call me, but someone from his office called me. But, you know, he called me. Right? I'm just being real. And so we went, and, and we did this beautiful places, and on and on. And, and, and we went to the, to the gate called Beautiful. And if you go there today, the Ottomans, which were the Muslims, they actually have sealed off the wall, and you cannot go in and out because they control the West Bank, and that's where, and that's a whole political thing. But, but you could see the arches. And, and, you, and, and everywhere that we went, they would say, we believe, according to Scripture, that this is where this happened. And that would this happen. And everywhere we would go, they would say, we believe that this is where this happened. And it's, and it's right around in this area and on and on and on. Even Golgotha, when we went to go visit the, where Christ was crucified, they'd say it was somewhere in this region. And, and so we really didn't know. But, it, but, but this place, the gate called Beautiful, we know for a matter of fact that Jesus himself walked in and out of those gates. That we know for a fact that the disciples went in and out. So we were in the vicinity. I was at the very place where Peter and John looked at this man and then healing took place. Now I say this. I say this. I say all that to say this. I've seen it. It's not that big. It's not this big old massive gate. And people had to file through. There was a bunch of people there. It's very easy for Peter and John to have missed him. It's very easy for them to like disregard him. It would have been very easy for them to ignore that crippled man and just keep on going to prayer because that's what he was called to do. But he took time out of his life, a moment out of his life, to invest into that, to that life to change forever. Can I tell you, church, God has not called us to leave an, an impression, but he's called, he's called us to make an impact. Praise the Lord for that. Listen, an, an impact. Gone are the days that we could stand at the door of the church and say, God bless you to everybody. Gone are the days that you could look at somebody and say, I'm going to pray for you. It's not good enough. People that are hurting and going through stuff, it doesn't mean anything to them. When you, when you tell somebody that's not a Christian, when you say, hey, God bless you, it doesn't mean nothing. When you say God loves you, it doesn't mean anything. When, when you say, I'm going to pray that God meets that need, at that very moment, it doesn't matter. It's, it, it, you might as well spit in their face. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything. But when you take time out of your schedule, your life, to invest into a life of somebody else and drive them out and to help them out of their situation, then you made an impact in their lives. Can I tell you? Can I tell you? They stopped. 
And he said, look at me. Can I, you know, I, I, we saw the, the beggars. We saw the beggars at, at, at Israel. They're not even looking at you. They just have their hand out looking down. And people are just dropping money, and then they just put it in their little sack that they have. Well, I saw that firsthand. I saw that last year. They're not even looking at you. The embarrassment, the, 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 the shame that they have. They can't even look at people as they're being blessed. So I can just imagine this man just standing there with his hand out as he's laying there on his carpet on his, his constant reminder that this is the best it's ever going to get. Can you imagine there's a world out there today that, are li- that is living right now and they're thinking to themselves, this is the best it's going to get. And that best is not the best that God ha- wants for them. Can I tell you, he was sitting there and I love this. I love the description of it because he said he, they stopped. Can I tell you, sometimes we are so busy running around that we just need to stop. I thank God for those of you that cooked for the homeless and those that went out and fed the homeless. God bless you. But let's not do it on Thanksgiving. Let's do it every so often. Let's meet the need all the time. Let's just meet that need. It should become part of our DNA. It should become who we are. I want to be known for that. I want to be known to be a great father and a great husband. But I also want to be known that I met the needs of people. And even if I don't know their name, God does. God does. And, and I love the description because he says that he stopped. They said, look at us. Can you imagine, can you imagine the, the, the anticipation of that homeless or that crippled man as he looked up and saw their faces for the first time? I'm, I'm imagining that he might have thought, man, I'm going to get something big. If, if, they want, if he wants my attention, uh, I'm going to get something huge. I'm, I'm going to eat tonight. I'm going to eat good. I'm going to sleep good tonight. And can you imagine hey, just sticking out like, like what, what, giving your attention, like what, what's going on? And then Peter turns look and looks at him and says, hey, uh, silver and gold I don't have. What? What do you mean? What? What? Silver, what? That's what I need. That's what I need. And you see, listen, sometimes people are, we want to fix, listen, sometimes we want to fix the problem and not fix the issue. Sometimes we feel good about ourselves when we fix the problem, but we don't fix the issue. Sometimes we, we, we come to, we do that for ourselves a lot of times. Listen, let's just be real. Can we be real this morning? Sometimes we, we come forward and, and we get angry at our wives. Men, we get angry at our wives and we yell and scream at our kids. And we yell at them. We put them down and, and on and on and on. And then we turn right around and we say, man, I'm so sorry. Can you forgive me? And they say, yes. Well, all you did was took care of the, 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 the situation. You didn't take care of the issue. Maybe the issue is you, you deal with anger. And there's some things that you need to take care of yourself. See, you could, you could treat the circumstance, but you, but you need to deal with the issue. See, he was saying, silver and gold I don't have. He was saying, look, you're just looking for an outward. I want to heal you completely. Can I tell you that God's not, God, listen, listen, we could fix the adulterer, but if he doesn't change his, his heart, he's going to do it again and again and again and again. We, we could treat the, the drug addict, but if we don't, if we don't deal with the issue, they're going to go right back to the same situation. Those of you that struggle with different things, pornography and sin and, 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 and lust, you could treat the issue. But, if, but you, if you don't treat the issue, you could deal with the situation. But if you don't treat the issue, then it's for nothing. Can I tell you that? I'll be real this morning. Kind of trip God's put it in my heart. But he says, silver and God I don't have. He's the one that, I'm, he, he was like, I don't have it. Can you imagine the anger? Are you serious? You want my attention for nothing? Good. He said, but what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus, arise and walk. Now listen, listen. That's a great little story. I got to love it. 
But if you tell somebody that don't know about Jesus, in the name of Jesus, arise and walk. They're going to look at you like, huh? What in the name of Jesus? What's that? Jesus. I love it because he said, in the name of Jesus, arise and walk. Can I tell you? Nothing happens. Peter was just releasing power. He activated it when he stuck out his right hand. He activated it. And can I tell you something that I learned while I was out there? He stuck out his right hand. I I believe with all my heart that the writer put that on purpose. He stuck out his right hand. Can I tell you? In, in the Middle East, if you give someone their left hand, don't touch it, but if you give someone their left hand, it's an insult. It's a, hermana. Hermana. <laughs> I could have very really easily ignored you, but I wanted to put you on the spot for a second. <laughs> God bless you. I'm going to give you my left hand right now. <laughs> I'm kidding. Kind of. <laughs> I'm kidding. So I found out if you get someone left hand, you're, you're, dis- you're, you're saying that you are worthless. Because they believe the, the left hand is what you do your business with. When you do your business. Do, do you get that? You, y'all getting that? Y'all getting that? Okay. Yeah. Talk to the pastor later, and he'll talk to tell you later. Right? Just, um, <laughs> I'm just saying, when you do your business once or twice a day, you handle your business with... You get it? Okay, I wanna, I wanna keep, I'm getting kind of weird now. But this is the hand. <laughs> so if you extend your hand to somebody, you, you, you are saying, I am, I, you are beneath me. You are nobody. I am above you. I'm better than you in class. I'm better than you. Uh, you. You are nothing. You are garbage to me. But the Bible says that he stuck out his right hand. There, there's significance. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not going to do that. I'm not even going to do that. I will tell you when to grab it. Don't do that. I know, but I'm sorry. I apologize. We should have practiced earlier. <laughs> but he stuck out his right, he stuck out his right hand. And that is significant because he was saying, look, you may be crippled, but you and I are equal. In the Old Testament, or in the old Bible days, if you had some type of infirmity, that means you had sinned and God had struck you. You had sin in your life, and God made you that way because you had sin. He was, pain, he, was, he, was, he was punishing you for your sin. But he was saying, I'm sticking out my right hand. You and I are equal. Even though I walk, you and I are still sinners. You can understand that? We are not better than nobody. We are sinners saved by grace. We are sinners saved by grace. And even though you struggle different than me, than me, and even though I may have been delivered and you're still going through it, you and I are equal. Because we both serve a same God that loves us both equally. And you may be struggling, and you may be going through some stuff, and you may be bound by your sin, but you and I are equal. I am, I, I'm leery, and I run away from people that think they're better than me in the kingdom of God. There are people out there that think that way. Are you kidding me? I want to pop them in the face. I'm not going to just be real with you. East side wants to come back out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just saying. Those you're not from the east side, you'll learn. I'm just saying, but equal. 
The Bible says that when he picked him up, listen, listen, sometimes we are expecting to see it physically before we get excited. Have you ever prayed for somebody and said, in Jesus' name, and nothing happens? You're like, oh, God, in God's timing, in God's timing, in God's timing, in God's timing. In God's timing. I expect God to move right there and then. I'm just going to do my part. But some of us, we're happy with saying, God bless you. Jesus loves you. In the name of Jesus. But we're not willing to dive in and pull them out. The Bible says that he grabbed his hand, lifted him up, and immediately, immediately, his ankles became straight and he began to, to jump. He went from being a lame man, crippled man, to jumping and screaming and shouting. Can I tell you, he'd never been to church, but he started to worship God. Because there is something on the inside of each and every one of us. It doesn't matter how bad you are, how much sin you have. There's something on the inside of us that when God gets a hold of us, boom, rejoice comes out. Joy comes out. Worship comes out. Worship is in each and every one of us. It's in everybody. It's in every Niner game, Raider game, Dallas game. Have you guys nothing got Dallas up in here? I don't know. Oh, really? Oh, okay. I'm going to go somewhere with that, with that, but I'm not. I was going to be nice today. Totally going to be nice today. But just to give a disclaimer out there, I am not a fan of none of those teams. God bless you. I'm not going to tell you because I want you guys hating on me. But just know, nah, I'm not going to. We're good. Just saying, I'm not a patriot either. That's where God has to work in my life. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got to pray for Tom Brady. I'm like, are you serious? What? Whatever. We got to bring honor to where honor is due. Can I tell you what I've learned? I'm done. I'm going to be done. Joy, get that keyboard guy out here. Got it? Okay. There you go, bro. And bro, this time, this service, play me something that will make me cry. Come up here this way. Just come up here. Yeah, just, just come up. Don't try. I am not that preacher that wants, wants you to be a ninja, and all of a sudden you're at the keyboard. You know what I'm saying? Like, how'd that guy get there? You know, I'm not that guy. Just, just get up there. You, you understand? I mean, I, right? Sometimes you're like, can I get the worship team? And all of a sudden you're like, what? How'd they do that? I'm just like, walk up. Don't trip. See, look. There you go. Okay, good, Jerry. See, they're clapping for you now. That's awesome. That a baby. I'm sorry, Pastor Dan. I'm so sorry. Great. Another 15 years before I can come back. That's all right. <laughs> Do you remember that? I spoke like when I was a little kid when I was here. Do you remember that? We were at Orafelt. Yeah, I didn't do a good job because it took me 15 years to come back. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but I've been preparing. <laughs> I believe this, church. That we've been called to make an impact. That God wants to use you just the way you are. Things got to change. It's not our outward appearance. It's our mind. It's a decision to say, I'm going to follow God. I'm going to trust him with everything that I have. And even we may not have it perfect, it's all right. God still wants to use you. 
And even, th- and even if you think you're, you're unqualified, God qualifies you. See, it's not about us. It's about the people that are around us. I believe that. That's why we're here. I believe that Sundays are moments, are times that we can come in and be refreshed, be renewed, to be healed. To, I, I believe that this, this place should be not only a hospital, but a prep room. A preparation to go out and win the world. Because I believe with all my heart that there's an army that's here. And no matter if you're a stay-at-home mom or you're a, you're a CEO at a, 500, a Fortune 500 company, God wants to use you. God wants to use you to change your world. Your world. That's what God's called you to do. And God's called you to dive into the lives of people that no one else wants to dive into. You know, if it wasn't for people around me, I would never be here today. My cousins sit in the back. We're like, we're like oil and water. Yeah, many people say, you sound like him. No, we don't. <laughs> but can I tell you, he's the dude that took me to church. He said, come on, so-and-so's getting, getting baptized. I'm like, I ain't going to church. He showed up and just took me anyway. We listened to a group called Commission. Yeah, some of you are like, what's that? It's a group. <laughs> yeah. We listened to a song. We listened to a song. It was called uh, um, Take Your Burdens to the Lord. I'm talking old school. He played that song and it's bumping stereo. The whole time I'm thinking, this is a dumb song. Because Christian music back then wasn't cool. Right? They had those fake rappers and stuff. And I was like, nah, they weren't cool. But as I began to listen to those words of those songs, taking your burdens to the Lord. Big old bass beat in that. Take your burdens to the Lord. Went to church. Got there. And I thought it was a church that, you know, like my church growing up. All Spanish speaking. People just kind of with their blinders on, doing what they're doing for God and not loving people. Walked in, everyone gave me a hug and kissed me on the cheek. The fourth, the first, fourth lady in, I kissed back. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> you know? All the hermanas in the back kissing up on me. I'm like, okay. okay. <laughs> My cousin said, let's go sit in the front. I was like, <laughs> no, I'm sitting in the front. He said, come on, that's where you sit. We sat on the, on the front right side. Remember, third bench. I remember Brother Steve used to play the baby grand back then. Never forget that. There were times that after I got saved and started going to church, I would just lay under the baby grand as he began to play. I just felt heaven just come down on me. But can I tell you, people were just loving on me. And the pastor preached the sermon. I didn't get saved that day. But it was the moment that my cousin, the oil and water, got together and took me to church. Sometimes, people, we just need an extended hand to those that are around us and pull them out. Can I tell you? Now, my cousin didn't lead me to the Lord. Thank God. Kidding me, be reminding me for the rest of my life. Do you remember that time I prayed for you? <laughs> I'm gonna finish with this. <laughs> I wasn't like this in the first service. I just, you know, I don't know. I'm done. Anyways. I feel I believe with all my heart that we do some great things. You just believed in yourself. great things that, that God wants to use you just right where you are just as you are sure we have some mistakes sure we have some faults we'll, we'll take care of that God will take care of it you'll be alright but God wants to use you don't disqualify yourself don't, don't disqualify yourself God is the one who qualifies you 
I'm done. You ready? I went to Bible school. And everybody in Bible school knew what they were supposed to do. I had no idea why I was there. I just felt that God wanted me there. First day of class, the pastor, the, the professor gets up and he says, I want everyone to stand up and give your name and what God's called you to do. And I'm thinking in my heart, I have no idea. And everybody got up, said, I'm going to be a pastor, evangelist, missionary, I'm going to do this, and I'm not, blah, 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 blah. Then it came to me. I go, hi, my name is Romero, and uh, I just know that God has me here. And the professor got angry because he didn't know, because I didn't know what I was supposed to do. I felt inadequate because I had no idea what God wanted for my life. Can I tell you, church, there's going to be people around you that will look at you, down upon you, because you have no idea what you're supposed to do. They will render you ineffective. But they are, they are not the ones. They are not the author and finisher of your life. God is the one who, who finishes your life. God is the one. Can I tell you, I am not who I am by what people say I am. I am, I am defined not by what they say, but what God says. I am defined by, by God's blessing and God's purpose. and God, God defines me. God tells me who I am. And God says, I am a child of a living king who, uh, that he is highly pleased with. That's what God says about me. And that's why I walk around with that confidence in my heart, because I know who I am. That's why I could pray for somebody, and I know they will be healed, because God won't let me down. Because I believe in God. My Father will not let me down, because it's his promise to me. It's, just, it's, not, it's not in his nature to lie. Not in his nature to lie. And I want to speak to you who have been struggling. I want to speak to you that feel like you've been crippled by life circumstances. And you feel like you're just out there begging. Like you're begging God for something. You're begging God for a blessing. You're, blaming, you're, you're begging God just to kind of get you through the day. God just doesn't want to meet your need. He wants to fix the issue. And for those of you that, are, that have some issues in, their, in, in your lives today, I believe that God wants to bring some order to you. I, I believe that I came all this way to tell you that God, want, God loves you, God wants to use you, and God wants to bring some order to your life today. Bow your heads with me. Father, I thank you. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash CWC Bay Area.